As a Child, God's Call to Littleness, by me, Phil Steer. Episode 12, Belongs. Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When I was younger, my dad had a rather nice record deck. Not unreasonably, he wasn't keen on the idea of me and my brothers using and abusing it, so it was strictly off-limits, at least until we were older and had learnt how to treat it properly. If we wanted to play our records, then we had our own, rather cheaper record player. Or we could ask Dad if he would mind putting our records on his deck. Some people regard the Kingdom of Heaven in much the same way. They think that the things of the Kingdom are reserved for those who are older, wiser and more mature in their faith. Some even believe that the only way they can have access to God and his kingdom is through the ministries of priests or elders or other church leaders, rather in the same way that we children could use Dad's record deck only by asking him to put the records on for us. Even if this is not what we truly believe, we can still find ourselves thinking and behaving as if this were the case, hanging on to the coattails of famous and successful teachers and healers and worship leaders, as if it were only through their ministries and ministrations that we truly expect to hear and receive and encounter the living God. But this is not what Jesus says. Rather, all of the riches and resources of the kingdom are freely available, without restriction or reservation, to all who come to God as little children. For the kingdom, we are told, belongs to such as these. But why should this be? Why should the kingdom belong to the childlike in particular? First and foremost, these are the ones who feel most deeply that their true home is to be found in the kingdom of heaven. Of course, all believers are members of God's household and find their home with him. Yet some of us behave more like adolescent teenagers, pushing boundaries and craving independence, or us like young adults, outwardly conforming to the house rules, yet inwardly hankering after a place of our own, where we are free to live how we choose. Little children are not like this. They know that their home is with their parents. This is where they belong. This is where they will find love and care and protection. And in the same way, the childlike know that they belong in the kingdom, at home with their heavenly father, and they have no desire to be anywhere else. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the childlike, just as our family home belongs to my children. It is not that they are the legal owners. Indeed, I doubt very much they would welcome having to pay the mortgage. Rather, it belongs to them because, as our children and as part of our family, they have the right to live here. Indeed, so much more than the right, which suggests some sense of grudging obligation. Rather, as their mum and dad, we delight to have them with us. They belong in the family home, and as such, the family home belongs to them. In the same way, Jesus assures us, as God's children, we belong in his father's house, so much so that he himself has gone to prepare a place for us, that we might be with him where he is. Imagine that, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, getting your room ready for you. And this place in his kingdom belongs to us by right, not because of anything that we have done to earn or deserve it, but simply as adopted sons and daughters of God. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, God sent his Son that we might receive 
the full rights of sons. Of course, we will fully inherit our heavenly home only when, at the last, we go to be with Jesus. And yet it belongs to us here and now. The kingdom of heaven is our true home, the family home, our home as children of our heavenly Father. It is where we abide and where we rest, where we are fed and where we grow, where we know love and where we feel secure, the place from which we go out into the world and the place to which we return. It is the church, the fellowship of believers, the body of Christ. But it is so much more than this. It is wherever God finds a welcome in the world and wherever he finds a welcome in our lives. As we make our home with God in his kingdom, so he makes his home with us and forms his kingdom within us. This is the measure of what he has given. This is how much the kingdom belongs to us. It becomes a very part of us. We belong in God's kingdom and his kingdom belongs in us. But not only does God give the child like a home in his kingdom, he gives them all of its riches and resources also. As Paul wrote to the church in Rome, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? There are no age restrictions. Nothing is out of bounds. The childlike can have it all. But can this really be the case? Would God really give the things of the kingdom to those who will treat them like little children? After all, as parents, it would be irresponsible of us to allow our children to play with anything and everything within our home. There are things that we must keep from them, both for their own protection and to keep our possessions safe from harm. Because let's be realistic about this. Little children tend not to be very good at looking after the things they are given. They bash them and drop them and throw them around and try to use them in ways for which they were never designed. Their toys get broken, their books get bent, their clothes get torn. They have little or no idea of the value of what they have and rarely look after their possessions as they should. Does Jesus really mean that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? Surely they can't be trusted and entrusted with something of such worth. Now without doubt, as the perfect parent, God does at times withhold things from us until we are truly ready to receive them and use them properly. Yet many a time he is far more willing to give to those who have a childlike approach than to those who are more grown up in their handling of what they've been given. Like many young boys, as a child I had quite a collection of die-cast model vehicles. I raced them across the room, crashed them into walls in each other, even flew them through the air. Then I scooped them up and dropped them together in a drawer, or left them scattered across the floor, waiting to be crushed beneath someone's feet. Inevitably, after a while they became rather the worse for wear. The paintwork got chipped, the windows got scratched, the wheels got bent. Today, these same toys are marketed and sold as collectibles, and early models in pristine condition can be worth a small fortune, especially if they are still in their original packing. If only I'd been more careful, I might think. Adult collectors would never dream of treating these models with the same casual disregard that I did as a child. They are properly looked after and protected from damage, displayed in cabinets like ornaments, or even shut up in boxes and stored safely away. There's no chance of them ending up in the same state as my childhood toys. And yet it seems wrong somehow 
for any toy to be treated like this, never having been played with by a child, never having fired his imagination, never having elicited her affection, never having brought a youngster pleasure and joy, never having fulfilled the purpose for which it was created. Jesus tells a famous story of a man who went on a journey, entrusting money to his three servants. Two of the servants used what they'd been given to make more money for their master and were commended for their efforts. The third, however, hid the money in the ground, returning it with the words, I was afraid. See, here is what belongs to you. Hearing the tale for the first time, we might reasonably expect that this servant would receive at least some credit for keeping his master's money safe and returning it intact. But not a bit of it. Instead, he receives nothing but condemnation. Why? Because he has made no use of what he's been given. It is all too easy for us to fall into behaving like this third servant, so fearful of failure and loss that we fail to use the gifts that we've been given. We are only too well aware of the value of what we have and how fragile and fleeting it can be. This applies not only to our physical possessions, but perhaps more especially to those far more precious things, our family and friends, our health and happiness, our time and activities, our hopes and dreams, all that life entails, and ultimately life itself. And so we play it safe. We look to protect what we have Preservation becomes our first priority. Rather than using all we've been given, we bury it in the ground. We might not admit it, perhaps even to ourselves, but as Christians we can be especially fearful of losing the very thing that makes us what we are, our faith in Christ. We fear that we may be tested and found wanting, that we may be seduced by the undoubted attractions of the world that our faith may crumble and fall if we allow our foundation of simple certainties to be undermined. And so we shy away from encountering the world as it really is, with all its complexities and contradictions, its certainties and doubts, its sorrows and joys. We shut ourselves up in a box, in our godly ghetto, our holy huddle, to keep ourselves safe and secure. Just witness the siege mentality that church so often adopts when it feels threatened by the world. But, paradoxically, in seeking to protect and preserve our life and faith in this way, we can end up losing the very thing that we are trying to keep. Like the servant in the parable, if we do not use what has been entrusted to us, it will be taken from us. As Jesus warns us, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. And so we need to be like little children not keeping the myriad gifts that we've been given shut up safely in their boxes, but delighting to use them all with childlike abandon, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of As a Child. I do hope you'll join me as I read the rest of the book. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And I'll be so grateful if you would rate, review and share so that more people can get to hear it. Thank you so much. Next episode, Called.